This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hello, I'm Hanif Baharuddin. You're tuned into the show that brings you closer to the people and places of our capital city. What you're hearing right now is the sound of a mechanical keyboard. For some, it's just a typical sound that you hear when you're in the office, perhaps. But to a certain community, this sound is like music to their ears. Some might see the keyboard as a very utilitarian tool, but for mechanical keyboard enthusiasts, their relationship with keyboards are on a totally different level. I have to admit that I'm still a beginner in the scene, so to help me understand this better, I speak to Elaine Lim. She's the founder of Singer Keyboards, a premium board maker based here in our country. Okay, my name is Elaine and I am the founder and a designer at Singer Keyboards, a artisanal keyboard maker based in Malaysia. Um, how I started was back in 2016 or 17. So I've, I am a gamer and back then I was building a new computer and I wanted something to match my computer so uh, I went on a Malaysian mechanical keyboard Facebook group. At that time, I already used mechanical keyboards, but I was using more mass market like you know, Corsair, Razer stuff. So I went on the Facebook group and I was just having you know, browsing people posting stuff. And then I saw this guy and he posted a picture of his keyboard. He made a GH60, which is like a the most beginner DIY custom keyboard kit uh, you can get at that time. And I kind of made friends with him and asked him like what's it all about and he just kind of ratchoned me from then on <laughs> and, and what led to I guess uh, the creation of uh, Singer Keyboards okay so when I first started so after getting my own the beginner kit I started building and from then my interest in custom keyboards grew so I wanted to find like like another community where I can join like, because at the time the Facebook the Malaysian one it was more a lot more mass market boards and just a tinge of like uh, custom keyboards. So it wasn't very popular in Malaysia at the time. And I managed to stumble upon Reddit, a subreddit for mecha- custom mechanical keyboards. And then from there, I started making friends uh, with a bunch of international people who also had the same hobby, I guess, with uh, as me. So... At that time, I also made friends with this Malaysian guy, and I, at that time, I had no idea who he was, but he was actually a really established and famous keyboard designer, and he just then it would it just went snowballing from there. He taught me how to start designing keyboards, and my my interest in this hobby grew even more until one day I was just like. Okay, I'm gonna design a board. So I asked him to teach me, and he taught me everything I knew. And then I designed my first design. And from there, I had a small, like Kickstarter buy within friends. And then it was just because I wasn't really sure how the design would work, and it was hard for like rent the public. You know, it's hard for you to just. Buy something you didn't know if you didn't know who this person was. It was an established designer or anything. So I had a really small buy among friends, and it went really well. So from then, it 
through word of mouth, it started growing and growing. Okay, so singer keyboards uh, belong in a very niche and artisanal side of of the customer kind of keyboards, right? So let's let's rewind a bit and perhaps you can explain to us the the hobby, right? Customer mechanical keyboard. But but let's start with with a very basic question: What is a mechanical keyboard, and how is it different from a membrane keyboard? Okay, so mechanical keyboards are computer keyboards with like individual switches for each key, compared to your membrane keyboard, right? So a membrane keyboard uses a rubber layer, and when you press each key on the rubber layer, it kind of bends down and touches the circuit, and that leads to a key press. But with the mechanical keyboards, each key press has a switch, and that switch has a spring-loaded me- mechanism. So when you press a key, the spring-loaded mechanism it pushes down, and you have like a, what we call a stem in the switch. It touches these little two pins inside the switch to register the key press. So yeah, this is different. The switches in a mechanical keyboard they can also create very different typing fields depending on the switches you use uh, and the plate, the plate that you use. And it, when you type on these, right, it's completely different work uh, compared to a membrane keyboard. Uh, you have also have like different switches. So we count the trifecta of the switches is like linear, which is, it gives a smooth press. And then there's tactile one, like you can feel a bump when you press down on the switch and clicky, which is very, you feel a bump and it's very loud. And it, it kind of, the only like, I can describe it as a crispy, crispy experience when you're using clicky switches. And they all produce different different typing feels and sounds. And each switch that you can get, uh, as in like different brands of switches, they also come with different spring widths. So let's say you're like a light-handed typer and you like something light, you can also get that. Or you like heavy, you're heavy-handed and you like a more pronounced feedback when you type, you can also get that kind of switch. Hmm. So what's what's the actual appeal of a mechanical keyboard versus a membrane keyboard? Like you said earlier, like uh, you know, the feel is different, the tactility is different. Uh, but apart from that, does it have any advantage over a membrane keyboard? Yes. So one of the biggest and most important advantages is that mechanical keyboards have this thing called uh, N key rollover, and membranes do not have that. So N key rollover is uh when the ability to register a lot of key presses when you're pressing all the keys simultaneously. So like when you're smashing your keyboard on a mechanical keyboard, even you press like uh, ASD and then JKL at the same time, they will all register and they will all type out. Like the keyboard will send a signal to your computer and they will all come out. But if you are on a membrane, sometimes it doesn't. So let's say if I'm, I'm clicking ASD, JKL on a membrane keyboard and I'm, I'm pressing it many, many times, not all the keys will register one. So that's that's one advantage. And when it comes to like gaming or like when you're typing, that's pretty important because, you know, you're missing keys. You're missing key presses with a membrane keyboard, whereas in a, uh, with a mechanical keyboard, you can smash the whole, like many keys, it will all come out at the same time. Then membrane keyboards have a shorter lifespan compared to uh, mechanical keyboards. Each of the switches, like back then, the switches were rated for you know how many million clicks. But with more R and D switches now, new switches can actually last even more, like even more clicks for lifespan, and you can replace them. And it's easy to replace if something 
happens because I've never membrane keyboard is quite hard to replace. You would have to get instead of replacing like say one key in a mechanical keyboard, one faulty switch, you can just buy one switch and then replace it in the membrane keyboard. You would probably have to replace like several things. Also, it's harder to clean. So with the mechanical keyboard, you can just remove all your keycaps and then take like canned air or even like a, a makeup brush or paintbrush and you just, you know, sweep out all the dust. But with a, a membrane, you need to open the whole thing, like take out the case, then take out the layer, rubber layer and clean it. So it's kind of a hassle. Okay. My my first relationship or my first discovery of mechanical keyboard was via a friend who's a gamer and he said that oh yeah it's common for gamers to use mechanical keyboards right so are they are they I guess the group that's responsible for quote unquote popularizing mechanical keyboards and what are the advantages for gamers when it comes to I guess using a mechanical keyboard versus using a membrane keyboard so for gamers are they the group responsible in popularizing the mechanical keyboard? Yes, I would say so. But you also have like people like keyboard enthusiasts. Uh, people are just like really into keyboards. So they, I would say like there are two circles, the gamers and then the keyboard enthusiasts. They overlap, but they're not like one whole full circle. And the reason why I say the gamers are the one to bring this to light, like this hobby, not hobby, like, like the re-emergence of mechanical keyboards because mechanical keyboards have existed since 1980s you remember i i don't know for our older listeners the ibm model m keyboards so very old computers with the keyboard those keyboards are actually mechanical keyboards and i think during the 80s a lot of keyboards used were only mechanical keyboards until the 1990s where the membrane keyboards took over because it was cheaper to produce. It was actually really expensive to make compared to membrane keyboards. Uh, modern mechanical keyboards only came back into popularity, like, I think during the 2010s. Uh, due to gaming brands really marketing mechanical keyboards to gamers because of a more accurate input, like due to the end key rollover. Because when you're playing games, sometimes the key, key press really makes a difference. So I would say, yeah, there was a big association of mechanical keyboards to gamer culture. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, uh, like you said, the group may not necessarily overlap with one another, yeah. right? There might be a small overlap, but they don't necessarily interact with one another, especially the, the custom uh, mechanical keyboard group, right? Yeah, some people just really like typing. <laughs> and I guess the experience of typing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quite nice. It's really nice. Like sometimes the sounds of your keyboard, the sounds that it makes, it's quite therapeutic. <laughs> but was it also uh, down to nostalgia? Because like you said, right, it was, uh, I guess the, the movement was perhaps, I guess, inspired by, you know, you, you mentioned IBM Model M, which I think was quite iconic when it comes to a keyboard, right? And some people still prefer the Model M keyboard over. Yeah, know, yeah, they collect it. Yeah, so 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 so, uh, was it also down to maybe a slight nostalgia, or was it more of I guess the group is also different. Different, but I think no, not nostalgia. But the people who want to get the Model M keyboards are really into keyboards. I would say that, like, if you're a gamer, I ask you, you want to go and find a Model M keyboard so that you can play games on it. They would say no. <laughs> yeah, so. It's basically like any uh, hobbyist trying to collect things. Yeah, but I wouldn't say nostalgia brings into it.
That was Elaine Lim, founder of Singer Keyboards and artisanal keyboard maker. We're going for a short break. Stay tuned. I'm Hanif Baharuddin and you're listening to I Love KL on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, listening to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. I'm Hanif Baharudin and joining me this week is Elaine Lim, founder and designer at Singer Keyboards, an artisanal keyboard maker based here in the country. She's been in the industry for quite a while now and earlier she has explained what mechanical keyboards are and why they're more preferred by enthusiasts compared to membrane keyboards. Now we're going to dive deeper and look at the custom mechanical keyboard scene and why the community is very vibrant and passionate. Okay, so if you're you prefer like, like I guess a more comfortable or more fun typing experience, you can pretty much go out and buy a mass market mechanical keyboard, right? Uh, over your membrane keyboard. But there's another subsection, smaller subsection, or maybe not as small, uh, that that focuses on I guess customizing your mechanical keyboard or building your own mechanical keyboard, right? That's where your area is, right? Um, so when it comes to the custom mechanical keyboard group, what are the things that they uh, look out for you know um, is the customization option the appealing factor in, in making sure that or in, in allowing them that, that that freedom to individualize how they want things you know or making sure they have a certain aesthetic that's perhaps pretty unique only to them hmm. yes okay so there are several things when it comes to what people are look, looking for in a custom mechanical keyboard so but this is subjective, lah. But based on, I'm just gonna generalize it. The first thing I would say, very realistically, is price. You're gonna have your higher range, your medium range, or your more affordable range, like the beginner range of custom keyboards. And for a lot of people, that is the determining factor. Like you can't just ask a beginner, hey, come drop two thousand on this. It's really good. Like you know, you there's a very big leap you're asking. And a lot of people who tend to enter the hobby, they start small, they start beginner, then they move up the next level, and then they finally have an end game. You hear this term end game in the hobby a lot. It's like the for people to search for their holy grail, you know, the one keyboard that's the final thing they want to get. And when they get it, I'm gonna quit the hobby. But a lot of people say that, but it's never true. The end game keeps switching. Um. So yeah, price point is one. Um. Uh, another one is uh, design. So design as in it's subjective, but like how the keyboard looks uh, can also play a very big factor in purchase decision because what's the point? It sounds good. It, like You like the typing, but you really don't like how the way it looks, you know? So, and you're not going to able to test it sometimes because some of the, most of the boards are like through pre-orders, right? So you're not gonna be able to can test it yourself so a lot of the things when people factors that make people buy a board is the price point and the design first then sound and typing comes after that but for more established hobbyists i would say i wouldn't say it was it would be in this uh basically four of these points Mm. Sound and typing experience; those are the two, I guess, important components as well. But yes, I guess important, yeah, yeah. very important for people who are. Because I don't know how to explain it. Like a lot of the boards, right? 
that you buy in the custom keyboard world, they are not in stock and they are pre-ordered. So the price point, the design are the first two factors that play your are the ones that actually draw you in. You see it and then you're like, oh, it looks good. You know, maybe I can research it more and see what's it all about. And usually the makers will send review kits to like some YouTubers or some Twitch streamers so that they can build it on stream and then show people what it's like, the sound. But then it's always subjective because with the level of customization with these boards, what you buy, right, and make, can, it won't be the same with the person that you're watching because maybe you change up the switch or maybe you use a different plate. Yeah, all these factors come into play. Mm. Um, talking about components the modularity is I guess it's one appealing factor right the mm-hmm. fact that you can mm-hmm. always mix and mesh yes, uh, the kind can. of items that you want yeah. to I guess incorporate in your keyboards right yeah. so let's let's go I guess a bit deeper and look at you know the kind of components that are available in, in mechanical keyboards and uh, how, how do you go about I guess customizing or making or building your own mechanical keyboard okay so uh, we're gonna go t- talk about the custom mechanical keyboard so how are you going to go about? So you're going to have the guts of the keyboard, which consists of the circuit board. We call it the PCB, printed circuit board. Basically, is the brains of the keyboard. Uh, you're going to have your microcontroller, all those computery stuff on it. Okay, uh, just making layman terms. And you're going to have your switches and a plate to hold the switches in. So the switches are soldered on or either soldered on or connected to the PCB using a hot swap socket. And the plate is to hold the switches in place. The plate is then attached to the case. The case can be metal or plastic. And then you have your, finally, you have your keycaps that you put on to these individual switches. And then you're going to get a cable to connect the keyboard to your computer. So these are the main components of a mechanical keyboard. Mm. And all these components have like different varieties, right? Like you said earlier, um, and which can affect not only the typing experience, but also the sound, which... It seems to be very important among the community yes, at least, very right? Yeah, important. Yeah, in the hobby, sound and feel is very, very important. But uh, for beginners, generally, you don't look much into it because when you first enter the hobby, the biggest barrier to entry is price point and the DIY factor. It's, it's not as simple as just buy and then you plug it in and you play. Like some of it is really like some of the boards are really DIY. Like you're going to have to buy your own switches you're going to have to solder it and then you're going to have to put it together and then only use it. So that's, uh, but once you're an established hobbyist, sound and typing feel are the biggest factors, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Based on my research, there seems to be a lot of like jargons used to describe yeah. the sound, right? Like you have, you know, talk and then you have like clap. Yeah. <laughs> so, so these are, the, these are, I guess, the words used to describe, you know, how, how the board sounds. And, and the more interesting part is that some people say, like, oh, you know, if you want a more talky sound, you have to use linear switches. Uh, if you're not looking for, for, um, I guess, uh, a talky sound, maybe you can then use other switches, which, which I find kind of interesting because I think to a certain extent, some people might think that, you know, the typing sound can be quite um, distracting, right? Especially in an office environment. But uh, with the mechanical keyboard scene, uh, that seems to be the thing that they're looking for, right? Yeah. So the thing is, uh, when a lot of the times, the one of the boards that people bring to the office and in type, those are really, really loud switches. And I say a lot of this annoying sounds come from mass market boards because a lot of the boards, I would say, it's not much 
consideration gone into making the sound because how you design the board also plays a very big difference on how the sound is going to come out. I've also had friends who do that, like say, oh, I say, you know, because uh, they, they would have a different keyboard and then they would say, so loud, we, I cannot stand it, you know, I'm going to change back to a membrane. I say, okay, wait, I lend you my board, you try. And then they try it and they say, why does it sound so different? Because it's, it's, it's really the switches that you put into the board, the way the board is designed, sometimes all these different factors, right? They can create very, very nice sounding typing typing experiences, like very nice sounding keyboards, yeah. It doesn't sound loud or annoying. It actually sounds really nicer, <laughs> like <Yeah>. ASMR. <laughs> yeah. And if you really are very very particular when it comes to sound, there are always silent switches as well that yes, you can choose, yes, right? Yes, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, the modularity is one thing, you know, uh, putting together the components. Uh, like, I guess, uh, if you think about it, it's a bit like Lego, but a bit more complicated slightly because I think it requires like even soldering work as well, right? Uh, once upon a time, uh, yeah, where you have to actually, yeah, you know, perhaps buy a solder gun to solder <laughs> yes, the, the switches together and whatnot, right? Is that part of the appeal of the hobby, at least when it comes to um, the scene? Like, is the DIY process part of the appeal of the scene or some people would just want to like would rather pay other people to do it you know and have right. a customized keyboard yeah yeah it's subjective but yes yes it is part of the appeal the appeal is customizing your own keyboard you can actually back then because there was only soldering there wasn't like much hot swap options back then so everyone had to solder and the satisfaction of putting up the keyboard and then soldering it right and then when you test it all the keys work that feeling really is really like very satisfying you're like you're really proud of yourself for doing it and stuff like that but in recent years because they want to make the hobby more uh beginner friendly um so there's uh, a lot more people prefer hot swapping like yeah sometimes you just don't want to solder so keyboards it's easier to just you know Plug, plug in each of the switches and hot swap gives that gives that uh, advantage and then sometimes when you want to let's say you're bored of a switch and you want to change it you just buy another bunch of switches and then you just take it out and put the other one in which is really good as well so yeah I would say recently the hobby is becoming more beginner friendly which is a good thing Okay, so the choice of materials uh, in, in choosing to customize your keyboard is not limited to just your case and your plate, right? Uh, your, even your switches, sometimes you know, people are talking about like, oh, you know, the housing of this switch is made of nylon versus this one is made of... Different you know. sound also. <laughs> yeah, so it's a really, there's so many combinations. Then you have people taking apart one switch and then mixing, matching with other parts from another switch to create this Franken switch though. Just that they like it's so many customization routes you can find in one. It's actually quite crazy sometimes. Yeah, even keycaps, right? Keycaps, like you know, I started learning terms like ABS and PBT, like you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I realized that there are differences uh, when it comes to these two types of, of material, right? You know, the deeper you go, yeah, the more yeah, you the learn deeper about. Deeper you go, the more you like what. What is this, man? Yeah. Yeah. Putting together these things uh, is one thing, but uh, there's also the aspect of like, oh, lubing your switches, yeah. <laughs> which is also another yes. crazy thing, right? Like if which you think is, about it. Which like, is why like customization of like this hobby is such a big appeal to some people because, you know, it's like endless routes you can go, you mix and match with everything. It's really the truly like what I would say that, epitome of customization yeah so how deep can the rabbit hole go uh, when it comes to this uh, there are a lot of 
barriers to entry, one of them being price point. But yeah, you know, if let's say, let's assume that if you manage to break through that first barrier of entry, you know, how deep can you go actually? I would say really you set your own end game. I mean, yeah, it's really subjective for some people. Some people are just happy with like beginner boards and then some people once they bite the bullet and go into higher end boards, oh, it can be addiction sometimes. They like collecting collecting all sorts of boards and some people have like cupboards like the really keyboard rooms <laughs> in cupboards and cu- like shelves of keyboards and then they would just rotate it that the very hole is quite deep but uh, if we're talking about monetary rabbit hole of how expensive boards can get oh very deep some boards can be are being like sold aftermarket for like 5,000 USD, but it really depends on the person, like how much they're willing to spend, how much they're willing to learn, what they're looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where uh, you position your your brand, right? Singer Keyboards, uh, I guess, providing that that artisanal premium quality uh, boards for consumers. Yeah, what led you to, to the creation of uh, Singer Keyboards, like in terms of choosing to enter the market at that price point, I suppose? Oh, okay. Well, um. Because the person I learned from, he has a very like strict code like, when it comes to designing keyboards. And basically, he taught me what I knew. So I kind of like, learned my stuff from him. I also learned like how, what to look for in a keyboard and what to, I don't know, how, what I want to produce in a keyboard. I also learned from him. And because I started like with everybody else, you know, like a, a beginner. I had no idea what I was doing. Like I, I started with the A-Jazz kind of keyboard, J60, and this grew from there. And when I bit the bullet and started buying more expensive keyboards, I could really tell the difference between a higher end and compared with a medium range or like a linear keyboard. And it's just really preference. I think I would say when it comes down to some people, you know, it's up to taste. And their own preferences and stuff and I just wanted to make uh, nice keyboards basically mm. the thing about the community is that um, it's niche but it's quite big uh, at the same time it's also far reaching right and, and when it comes to singer keyboards um, you're not even when you first started you're not just appealing to the local scene immediately I guess your appeal immediately went international right because the scene is niche but at the same time well connected right yeah so back then Malaysian scene was really really small like it's grown over the couple like over the last couple of years but when I first got to it it was very small and the price point for boards at the time like it was very hard for I don't know I was just, I felt like not not a lot of them were willing to buy that. I was like that too. I was like, ah, you asked me to spend few hundred ringgit on board. I won't do it that way. So, and then at the time, there wasn't any like uh, custom mechanical keyboard community big enough in Malaysia. And most of it was like American and international. So the community I joined was international. Uh, but in recent years, Malaysian community has grown quite a bit. Mm. How important is it to, I guess, um, because the, 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 the community is so niche but big, uh, but at the same time, it's still within its, its own, um, I guess, circle for, for now. Um, how, how important is it to, I guess, you know, not only 
consolidate your activities together, but at the same time also rely on 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 um, you know influencers and social media, right? For example, I, I've seen your boards uh, being featured by prominent content creator or influencer in the scene, right? For example, I think Teha Types have live stream uh, some of your boards as well. Uh, so um, how important is it to to get that, that kind of exposure um, by connecting with all these influencers? Um, back then it was more of like uh. Because when we, when we first started, like a lot of, there weren't many influencers and a lot of influencers were pretty small. Actually, I knew Teha since back then when he was uh, quite a smaller streamer as well. And we actually grew, we were all friends before, like I would say the scene blew up. But it's quite important because, you know, uh, as the scene grew, as the, as the scene grew, it was due to YouTube. I would say YouTube. Uh, popularizing the the hobby, but but what about you know uh, Reddit and also forums yeah, to a certain extent? Yeah, I would say so too. It has grown over a couple a few years. I would say it's a combination of all these things. So Reddit, uh, the subreddit, but the subreddit at the time it was also quite like this local because like you don't know how to like just okay today I'm going to go on Reddit and search for keyboards like it wasn't like that. It was more of YouTube, um, YouTube content, content creation by streamers and like all those YouTubers. And then also accessibility to keyboards, like more, some brands are really trying to bring the custom keyboard hobby into mass market. So they've created like lower price point custom kits and stuff like that. So more availability of these boards uh, and then content from all these YouTubers, yeah. Mm. Uh, you mentioned earlier that I guess the community is is pretty um, international um, and pretty helpful, but at the same time, it can be quite, um, I wouldn't say elitist, but but um, the barrier to entry can still be quite high, right? Especially when it comes to uh, the kind of information that... Yeah, yeah, that, that ab- readily available. Back then, it was like very hard. You need to really search to find out what you want to know. But now it's quite, it's quite, it's quite user-friendly, I would say, beginner-friendly. Mm. How welcoming are the community uh, when it comes to, to I guess, a pro- uh, you know, welcoming beginners especially? Okay, so back then, I would say it was more... Uh, well, actually, it's always been... There are always elitists in like different hobbies and stuff. But I would say the barrier to entry and also like accessibility to more like information about keyboards and community comp- now compared to back then is more, much more... Uh, it's bigger and much more friendly. Mm, all right. Okay. So, um, for people out there who like to, I guess, start, I suppose, or who like to find out more about mechanical keyboards, how would you, I guess, advise them to approach it? Oh, okay. Uh, well, the simplest way, because I assume like most people have Facebook groups, is join your Facebook, uh, Facebook group. If you are not a fan of Facebook, Reddit, and these two are the most user friendly ones. Like, if you know how to like navigate Reddit or if you really have Facebook account because the others are quite hard to navigate. Uh. Like GeekHack. It's it's a old forum and you have it's it's kinda it's kinda outdated. But these these the ones I mentioned, Facebook groups and um Reddit, the mechanical keyboard subreddit is the easiest place to start with. Yep. Mm, and for people who are who are interested to 
find out more about Singa keyboards and maybe even purchase some of your boards? You know, where can they go to? And like, can they purchase it immediately or they perhaps have to, I guess, join group buys or they have to, I, I guess, join a pre-order list or something? Yeah. So, um, with my brand, I have always done a mixture of both. Sometimes I do in-stock buys and sometimes I do pre-orders depending on the design. Uh, I just finished one, my, my design, I mean finished the, the group buy for it. So, uh, the next group buy I would say sometime later this year. And uh, to get more info about my brand, you can join, find us on Instagram, SingaKBD. Or you can Google us Singa Keyboards and you'll find my website. Uh, currently, I'm not having any boards in stock for sale. It's going to be a few order. You've been tuning in to I Love KL and that was Elaine Lim, founder and designer at Singer Keyboards, an artisanal and premium keyboard maker based here in Malaysia. That's all we have for this episode of I Love KL. If you missed any part of the show, you can check out the podcast at bfm.my slash ilovekl, our app which you can find via Google Play and the App Store and also Spotify. Don't forget to also follow the station on Twitter at BFM Radio. My name is Anif Baharudin and you have been tuning in to I Love KL, bringing you closer to the people and places of our capital city. Join us again Next week, only on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.